Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling. Episode 150. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that we are here already. But thank you, thank you, thank you for rocking with the show all things grief bully, all things helping us continue to cope and navigate this journey. So I want to do this episode a little bit different. I was looking at some different topics and thinking about what I want to share here and, and how do we want to settle into episode 150. And so I came across 100 quotes on grief. Now, within these quotes, I truthfully feel that they are like mini episodes themselves. So I'm going to read a couple. I'll stop, chat a little bit about it, and then we'll keep moving. And I also want to bring you up to speed on how I was able to cope and deal with my dad's birthday that just recently passed. So quote one of maybe 100, guys. We're going to try to get there. We'll see. So grief does not change you, Hazel. It reveals you. And I believe that quote actually was from the movie Fault of Our Stars, which, yeah, definitely made me cry. So if you want to cry, definitely check that movie out. Okay, back to our program. Number two, I will not say do not weep for not all tears are an evil. And that is from J.R.R. Tolkien. Number three. The darker the night, the brighter the stars, the deeper the grief, the closer is God. I told you, these are some powerful quotes that were just all kind of speaking to me. So I didn't know how to pick out a few, but we're going to keep moving here. And I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis with this quote here. No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. Five, without you in my arms, I feel an emptiness in my soul. I find myself searching the crowds for your face. I know it's an impossibility, but I cannot help myself. I felt that one to my core, and I'm sure, I'm certainly sure that you did. The part about I cannot help myself. Oh, my goodness. Come back even as a shadow, even as a dream. Seven. Grief is an amputation, but hope is incurable. You bleed and bleed and bleed. David Mitchell. There is no grief like the grief that does not speak. I definitely have to run number eight back. There is no grief like the grief that does not speak. Grief is a curious thing. When it happens unexpectedly, it is a band-aid being ripped away 
taking the top layer of a family off and the underbelly of a household is never pretty. Ours, no exception. Whew. And that is from Jody Picot. That is powerful. It is a band-aid being ripped away, taking the top layer off of a family. My goodness, can I relate to that? How many of us out there feel like when we lose our loved ones, especially that matriarch, that patriarch of a family, it is like tearing us completely apart at the seams. And it almost seems as though we will not return back to any level of normalcy. So number nine really packed some power there. Ten, you care so much, you feel as though you will bleed to death with the pain of it. That's J.K. Rowling. Eleven, only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them. Number 12, deep grief sometimes is almost like a specific location, a coordinate on a map of time. When you are standing in the forest of sorrow, you cannot imagine that you could ever find your way to a better place. But if someone can assure you that they themselves have stood in that same place and now have moved on, sometimes this will bring hope. Grief is a most peculiar thing. We are so helpless in the face of it. It's like a window that will simply open of its own accord. The room grows cold and we can do nothing but shiver, but it opens a little less each time and a little less and one day we wonder what has become of it. Author Golden. Number 14, sometimes only one person is missing and the whole world seems depopulated. Whew. Sometimes only one, just one person is missing, and the whole world seems depopulated. My God, can we relate to that? How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Shout out to Winnie the Pooh on that one. Grief is just love with no place to go. I don't think of all the misery, but of all the beauty that remains. Anne Frank. What we once enjoyed and deeply loved, we can never lose. For all that we love deeply becomes a part of us. Helen Keller. 19. Grief can be the garden of compassion. If you keep your heart open through everything, your pain can become your greatest ally in your life's search for love and wisdom. Rumi. The reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. And nor should you be the same, nor would you want to. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. When someone you love dies and you are not expecting it, you don't lose her all at once. You lose her in pieces over a long time. The way the mail stops coming and her scent fades from the pillows 
and even from the clothes in her closet and drawers. Gradually, you accumulate the parts of her that are gone. Just when a day comes, when there's a particular missing part that overwhelms you with the feeling that she's gone forever, there comes another day and another specifically missing part, John Irving. Only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them. So it's true. When all is said and done, grief is the price we pay for love. Absence is a house so vast that inside you will pass through its walls and hang pictures on the air. Grief is like the ocean. It comes on waves ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm, and sometimes it's overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. Grieving doesn't make you imperfect. It makes you human. Did you hear that? Grieving doesn't make you imperfect. It makes you human. Don't let anyone make you feel differently about that. Our joys will be greater. Our love will be deeper. Our life will be fuller because we shared your moment. You don't go around grieving all the time, but the grief is still there and always will be. And this one right here, I love this. I am because you were. I am because you were. Powerful. Death is a challenge and it tells us not to waste time. It tells us to teach each other right now that we love each other. Never. We never lose our loved ones. They accompany us. They don't disappear from our lives. We are merely in different rooms. When someone you love becomes a memory, that memory becomes a treasure. Grief is the price we pay for love. In the days that follow, I discover that anger is easier to handle than grief. I know in my head that she has gone. The only difference is that I am getting used to the pain. It's like discovering a great hole in the ground. To begin with, you forget it's there and keep falling in. After a while, it's still there, but you learn to walk around it. And when great souls die, after a period, peace blooms. Slowly and always irregularly, spaces fill with the kind of soothing electric vibration, our senses restored, never to be the same, whisper to us. They existed. We can be. Be and be better, for they existed. That's my girl Maya Angelou right there. That was fire. The pain passes, but the beauty remains. My mom has experienced a lot of loss in her life, and she told me at one point, there is an empowerment that comes with grief. At some point, you find it. It's very, very hard, but you will find it. And I think at a certain point, you can choose to sort of fall from this, or, or, or guys, you can choose to rise. It's hard to forget someone who gave you so much to remember. Death ends a life, not a relationship. All the love you created is still there, 
All the memories are still there. You live on in the hearts of everyone you have touched and nurtured while you were here. Grief is love turned into an eternal missing. Those we love don't go away. They walk beside us every day, unseen, unheard, but always near, still loved, still missed, and very dear. It's so much darker when a light goes out than it would have been if it had never shone. It's so much darker when a light goes out than it would have been if it had never shone. Whoever said that loss gets easier with time was a liar. Here's what really happens. The spaces between the times you miss them grow longer. Then when you do remember to miss them again, it's still with the stabbing pains of the heart. And you have guilt. Guilt because it's been too long since you missed them last. You cannot die of grief, though it feels as if you can. A heart does not actually break, though sometimes your chest aches as if it is breaking. Grief dims with time. It is the way of things. There comes a day when you smile again and you feel like a traitor. How dare I feel happy? How dare I be glad in a world where my father is no more? And then you cry fresh tears because you do not miss him as much as you once did. And giving up your grief is another kind of death. Whew, man. And giving up your grief is another kind of death. Life seems sometimes like nothing more than a series of losses from beginning to end. That's given. How you respond to those losses, what you make of what's left, that's part you have to make up as you go. When one person is missing, the whole world seems empty. There's a sacredness in tears. They are not the mark of weakness, but of power. They speak more eloquently than 10,000 tongues. They are the messengers of overwhelming grief, of deep contrition, and of unspeakable love. Tears shed for another person are not a sign of weakness. They are a sign of a pure heart. And number 50. Every one of us is losing something precious to us. Lost opportunities, lost possibilities, feelings we can never get back again. That's part of what it means to be alive. I'm going to go ahead and stop at 50 right there. Obviously not because I can't keep going because you all know that I can talk and talk and talk for a long time. But I think I want us to really be able to digest and just park there and think about everything that we talked about and all of those quotes that were shared and how many of them might have resonated with you and made you feel seen, heard, understood, can relate to them and very moving and powerful. I think the one, like I said, that that resonated with me the most is, especially this time in my life and where I'm at, is I am because you were. That could not ring more true to me right now in my life coming off of my dad's birthday. It was June 22nd and I did something different this year. I'm a person who posts a lot on social media, pretty frequently actually. And this year I opted not to post for Father's Day, but for his birthday I did share just a very short one picture of him and a couple pictures on Facebook and a little bit of a little bit of words, but in those words I said that it was a rough day 
until I heard a song that came on as Bruno Mars. And he's like, I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. And that just made me smile big, just like it did right there, because I am because you were. And so moments like that, because I, I heard him say those things and I, I knew the inflection in his voice when he said it and how it felt. It was able to be able to resonate with me and allow me to smile through more difficult moments of the day. And so by making that boundary on Father's Day, it helped me to feel empowered and say, hey, you know what? If I know this triggers me, then I don't have to do it. It's not mandatory, really. And then on his birthday, I felt a little better. I felt a little bit more comfortable to actually post about it. And then I was able to just really sit and reflect. And while sure, my dad was flawed, just like anyone else. But a lot of who he is, I do see in myself. Right now, I'm preparing a nursery, and I feel really excited to put a crib together, to use the screwdriver, and to, to deal with the nails, and to try to paint. Like, we're going to actually try to put wallpaper and paint ourselves because I want to channel my dad. I, I, he would, we were just talking about it. Like, he would be there if he couldn't physically do it. He would be yelling and telling us that we're doing it wrong, which wrong is AKA just not his way. And so I'm just leaning into those things. And so really realizing that because someone's love was there, because they walked this earth and they had a presence, and even though it could look on paper that perhaps people didn't accomplish these big old things and these monumental moments and such, I think that you do leave a legacy, though. And I'm thankful for the parts of him that do remain and will live through myself and my brothers and my family members who lean into that as well. And so I just want to encourage you to really look at that. If you want to find yourself on this journey, sometimes it's as simple as just Googling quotes and saying, hey, where do I land on this spectrum today? What speaks to me today? A great idea could be to take one of those quotes and then journal from it. Say, where did this lead me? Where is it taking to me? Where is it taking me on this journey? How can I rediscover myself and where I am on this part of my life? As I think about sitting at this microphone for 150 episodes, or I might say 145, because during COVID, the height of it, there were some recordings that were done at, in my house and also some reruns that were shared. But I'm so grateful to God for this being my purpose and a part of my journey and my legacy to be able to lean in and help us through these most difficult moments. It's certainly not easy to combat grief and to deal with it. But if you're tuned into this episode, then I'm so proud of you because you've already taken a step that most people won't. You've decided that to some extent you want healing. To some extent, you want some more hope. To some extent, you just want to feel community and not feel so alone. So again, I'm super proud of you for doing that. I'm thankful for you to tune in each and every week, not because you're, you're doing anything good for me, but for yourself. You deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. Band-aids are being ripped off of families. Hearts, even though they can't physically break, feel as such. And yet you're still doing it. You're still in the wagon. You're still pushing. You're still swimming. And for that, I'm super grateful. I'm thankful for you supporting me for 150 episodes. We're going to get 150 more done. That is the prayer. That is the hope. And that is the goal. But I can't do that without your love and support. So again, thank you. If you're watching us on YouTube, drop me a comment. Let me know. Press pause. Go back. See what comments, what quotes stuck with you. What did you like? What didn't you like? Hey, maybe share some that I didn't share. 
that resonate with you a lot. Let's have some conversation around that. If you listen to the audio, definitely leave us a review, some feedback. Let us know. How is this show helping you? Those things really matter. I cannot stress that enough. And if you want to have a conversation with me, definitely feel free as always to shoot me a DM. I hang out the most on Instagram where you already know that. So make sure you're following me there at I underscore AM underscore Jane and Cool Guys. So next time you already know, love and light. Peace.